All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Friends from Work Let's Chat podcast. We're going to be talking about Mandalorian season three, episode two, and some things that happened this week in pop culture. Stick around. Everybody, come on, let's get down. Get down. <laughs> all right you never get tired of that hello brian how are you doing today i'm just bebopping away i'm always dancing during that music freak bass kills it man love him he does it's impossible not to dance to it which is i know a it's fun you gotta do it you gotta do it yeah all how right so good how are you i'm good i'm looking very just proper this morning I know I am not. So I I tried, I'm, I'm terrible about actually like putting makeup on and things unless I absolutely have to. Uh, Yeah. I didn't put me on this morning. This is just literally woke up like this, you know, you don't have to brag. Okay. (laughs) It's not needed. It's cheating as a guy. It's fine. It is. I I have this debate with my fiance all the time about how much crap women have to go through to like, just look, presentable it's annoying anyways i don't know can, can you believe the amount of crap us guys have to go through because we got to hear about it no the recording didn't I drop can, that I was hear, a, i can hear eyes rolling back going no brian no <laughs> oh god oh boy well so okay hot. so this week we're talking about mandalorian season three episode two now brian i know you have a lot of thoughts so i'm willing to just let you run with it and start oh diving in i got i got so many thoughts what did you think about the episode because we you saw it last night yes okay yes i didn't get to watch it on wednesday um i had to watch it thursday i had some stuff going on so watched it last night and actually we watched the episode of bad batch right before it which was kind of fun because it's starting to like a lot of dots and bad batch are starting to kind of make sense on some things which is interesting so watch that um before it and then watched the mandalorian new episode um first of all i have some questions on these like really gross looking creatures okay pause for a second because guys okay. we're doing spoilers spoilers oh spoilers, yes spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. spoilers. yeah warm. okay go for it yes yes so the the weird looking creatures like the troll people gargoyle things and you, then you like the they robot like? They spider um uh 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 what's the, the the time machine morlocks from the time machine oh is that what they are like i know but i mean but it was a uh, uh, time machine the whole thing is that it 10 million years into the future there we've split into two species one is on the surface the eloy and then you get the Morlocks underground, and they've evolved pale skin. They're bigger, they're stronger, and they've got the bigger eyes. Um, so those look like the Morlocks to me. I just thought okay. that was really interesting similarity. That is eerily similar. A little bit. Uh, the time's compressed. It wasn't 10 million years, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, Bo-Katan made a, made a comment when she was there. She's like, they used to live in the wastelands behind our civilization. And now they've moved into the destructive city at this point or the what's left yeah. of the city. Um, yeah. And Taylor and I, my friends and I were talking about it. And so actually after the episode, we ended up going back to on Disney Plus, which is really nice. They have Clone Wars split up into like, like story arcs 
whether it's a place or a person, et cetera. So we actually yes. went back and watched the Mandalorian story arcs from Clone Wars, which helped fill in some gaps yes. on, you know, the history of the Dark Watch and why they were on the moon versus, anyways, it mm -hmm. was really interesting. So if you guys haven't done that and you're looking for some more insight on like what the hell happened to, to man, like to Mandor, like right. absolutely a really great, easy watch. They're very, they're cartoons, but they're not like, your kids' cartoons. I need to feel like I have to say that. It's, like they're it's cartoons like Avatar The Last Airbender was a cartoon. Sit down and yes. watch it. Good. Yeah, exactly. They're very good. You watched Rebels and Clone Wars, right? Yes. And I'm actually okay, working yeah. through Bad Batch right now. And Bad Batch is a little bit more cartoony, but it's really good. It is. Yeah, it's really good. And I like I like how it's filling in a lot of gaps and opening a lot of doors from things that we didn't really know before. Right. Um yeah. There's some really nice yeah. connections going on. I'm kind of digging that. Um, exactly. By the way, remind me later uh, when, because you got a top five we're doing. I do. There's a, there's a, okay, so we're going to do that later. Uh, but when you do that, remind me Avatar Last Airbender, because I got something I found this week. It's really kind of cool. Okay, Continuing. great. Okay, so, no, that's so awesome. the, the underground guys, I interrupted you. The underground no, guys. no, no. I just think they were creepy as hell. Like yes. I was sitting there like in a ball on our couch with like a blanket, like right under my eyes. Like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't you like this. Burrito? You straight up burrito, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. I did. Absolutely. Okay. And Taylor's looking <laughs> at me because of how ridiculous I look and sound. But, Love and it. then the, like the spider thing, I did not like that at all. I did not like that. It was, no. it was very no. well done. So much to the point that like I was creeped out, which low bar, but Really weird. It, well, it was it was well done. I've got so many questions because yes. it could literally be a one-off. There doesn't have to be a massive um, thing about who this character is, but I have no idea who that is or why he was drawing Mando's blood. I don't um, know. It was like there, there was there looked like a pile of armor, so it looks like he's done this to a number of other. Right. Mando, was like, I seeing that? Was that actually there? The, yes, I saw that too. No, I saw the armor. It was totally there. It was totally there. So this thing, whatever it is, with with a borderline human eyeball, um, uh, and like similar a brain-looking thing behind, yeah, similar, similar to General Grievous, in that it's, yeah, that's where my brain went. I was trying to figure out is like Grievous died. Yeah, right? was, I, I mean, I think so. For so sure, is he's this, dead. Is this Grievous's brother? Like, what's the what? <laughs> is what? it Grievous's surviving eyeball? I <laughs> that would be a little weird. But the, the fact that, uh, yeah, every step of the way, the fact that you've got the, the big monstrosity, then the individual body, and then the head walks away. I'm just sitting yes. there going, no, mm -mm, I got mm -mm. problems with this. I didn't like that. Ooh. It was, I mean, it was, again, it was, when I say I don't like it, it's because it creeped me out. Not that it was very well done. It was a very yeah. interesting part of the story. I feel like I need to preface that because, like, I liked the episode. And yeah. the fact that it got to me like that is, like, good storytelling. <laughs> It's good storytelling. It's weird and rare, I think, at this point, to have something that odd and that weird pop up that we have not seen or heard a thing about. That's By the way, guys, That's um, really correct point. me, correct me in the comments if you guys already know what this is, if you've heard about this, if you, if this yeah, is from some previous mention in the books or comics. I want to know because I'm actually really curious. So put a comment yeah. down there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So anybody out there who is far more educated than we are. Please tell us. Please, I yeah, I, I, I'm intrigued. I very much intrigued. Um, so, yeah, very curious about what the blood draw was about because um, mm -hmm. it was definitely a snare set up to lure in Mandalorians. Oh, absolutely. So, um, 
Super curious what's going on there. The fact that, by the way, the entire planet is not poisonous and toxic, as they had been led to believe, makes me wonder how an entire race of people has uh, straight up abandoned the planet as toxic and nobody knows. Yeah. There's a whole story there. I there is. I want to know. And I feel like that's going to be probably the extended arc of this season is yeah. figuring out, A, who's feeding this misinformation, B, yeah. what's actually going on on that planet. Because clearly there's something going on. We just don't know what it is. Yeah. And the fact that some rogue person showed up with the piece of like the green glass with the Mandalorian writing on it, like there's something happening. We just don't know so what it is. People have been to the surface. People yeah. know. So what the, what's going on with that? Uh, love that. Um, I, I loved uh, Grogu with his game face on. Oh, I know. Bopping out there going, uh-oh, you ain't going to stop me. And just like blasting one of those um, uh, Morlocks out of the way. Yeah. Just, just ears down, just going, no. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was so cute. Oh, my God. Uh, and like you can tell he's getting older, Like which yes. I think you pointed this out last time. But like you, you can clearly tell he's more seasoned. He's worked on his, his you know, link with the force. He's yeah. learned a lot. I don't know. It, it's really cool to watch that. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool to watch that. It was, uh, I, I was loving, we, we're going to have to circle back to Tatooine at one point, by the way, because that's just fun. Mm -hmm. The, the Buntas yeah. Eve, uh, the Buntas Week classic, um, which was the pod race that Anakin competed in, in Star Wars Episode One was the Buntas Eve classic. So you're back on Tatooine seeing wider celebration of Bunta. And okay, nice throwback, nice callback. Yeah, okay. little hidden Easter egg. Yeah, a little bit of Easter egg and the fact that you got a tourist in there getting just absolutely screwed over by the mechanic. I love it. Oh my God. She's such a great character. She like that woman, her like her career, I'm telling you, it is going places. Like she's fabulous. She strikes me as one of these, uh, one of those wonderful character actors that they brought in for like an episode. And they're like, no, and then no. they just kept we kind of love her. Yeah. She's so funny. She's and you amazing. can just tell yeah. she she plays that character as like, you know, she's gonna screw over anybody who walks in because she's looking out for herself and it's not personal. I just yeah. gotta pay my bills. And it's yeah. she does it in such a loving way. Like she even sells Mando, like the janky droid. And you're yeah. like, you literally just saw this thing fall apart, and yet you're gonna try to sell it to Mando. Like, well, and you, you know, you know the droid, right? Yeah. You know the droid from uh um, episode four. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Taylor pointed that out to me. I did not know he had to point it out to me, but yes, yes, that connection yeah. was made. It's uh, and it's interesting because uh, you actually get into some of the um, extended storyline, and the extended storyline uh, R two actually convinced R eight to blow his motivator so that R two could because he had a mission. Mm -hmm. So R eight actually sacrificed himself. Um, when uh, when the Owens were coming up to, when the Lars, excuse me, Owen Lars was coming up to buy them, um, he actually sacrificed himself so that R2 would get picked up because he had a mission to do. And so there's an entire, like, extended yeah. storyline going on with R8. I like it. I like that he's, he's in the just story. Just the droids. Yeah, bring it on. And I, I, I love think, I think that just goes to speak to Dave Filoni and um, John Favreau and how they've created and, and decided to write these stories that... Yeah it's not so one dimensional, like even yeah. the droids who technically is like a secondary yeah. co-star at this yeah. point is now like, it has their own storyline tying back 
to, yeah. you know, the original trilogies and movies, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, digging it. Um, I, I love, by the way, our mechanic, I love how personal she is with all of the droids. Uh, yeah. It's, it's uh, just her, her whole personality. I love the way she is with Grogu. Um, just, yeah. Um, and yeah. the flip that homeboy does. Oh, uh, it's like, right. Uh, oh, we're doing force flips now. Okay. It's like, okay. Doing that. Yeah. When a flying alligator comes at your face, he's going to force flip into the, into the, the you spaceship. Know? <laughs> I love like, it. Okay. I was I here it. for it. Yep. So, uh, so, okay. So he goes in uh, back to the cave. He goes in and does just blast the Morlock out of the way, goes up to, to the spaceship, uh, to the, to the starfighter, the N1, and then flips in, closes the cockpit and just looks back at Ari and points to the screen, goes there. There. Take me He's like, the- all right. <laughs> I thought it was freaking adorable. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. Um, but we got to talk about Bo-Katan. Yes. Something's happening with her. I love Katie Sackhoff. Oh God. Same. I have, Same. I gave her a piece of my heart when I saw her, when the, when I, cause I remember it when, when they first unveiled Starbuck in, um, uh, oh bloody hell. Of course my brain's going to shut off now. Um, but when they first unveiled her as Starbuck, a female Starbuck and you see her and there was a, there was about 30 seconds where I'm sitting there going, are we sure? That's all it took. That's all it took. The attitude, the You're nose sorry. in the air, the hard jaw, the just, just a, no, no, she'll take anybody down. I love it. Oh, yeah. Kim Sackhoff has been absolutely the perfect casting for Bo-Katan. Well, and it's cool that she voiced Bo-Katan in Clone Wars. Which is like, which is so perfect. So um, because perfect. she is the perfect actress for on screen. So it's amazing. Yes. And yes. the fact that the fact that she I uh, say strut is not the right word. Stroll is not the right word. Um what is the what is the for the for the way she walks around in that armor, it is a it's an ownership. It's like a it's commanding, a, like. It's it's a it's a uh, purposeful mosey. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's absolutely amazing. Honestly, it, I, I like strut though. I feel like strut fits. Strut seems to work, but that feels a little arrogant. Um, but yeah, no, there's definitely there's a strut in that armor where you go, oh no, yeah. no that's actually hers. Oh yeah, and, like uh, she earned that. She earned that. Now, oh, so loving her. What do you think's going on with her? Where do you think she's going? So, okay, we know that the Darksaber is going to have some sort of tie in here. I don't know what or how, but she uses the Darksaber to save him. So, like, is it hers now? Technically? I have a whole question there. So let's, let's, by the way, I haven't heard anybody talking about this yet, but let's be very clear about this part. He is still wrestling and fighting the blade. She's moving it like it's a lightsaber. Yeah. What does that mean? Now, never mind the fact that she's had experience with it. She's used it. But why is he having to fight it and she moves with it? Is the blade fighting him because it's not his? Or is the blade fighting him because he's got to own it and prove that he deserves it? And she's already done that. I think it's the latter also with... The fact he's fighting his own identity. Ooh, we're getting deep today. Okay, we're doing Here that. We are. 
So I I think he's really struggling with the fact of like, is he a true Mandalorian because he broke the creed and blah, blah, blah. Or like now he's not. And so he's like, I think he's still trying to figure out who he is and where he fits because the whole purpose of him going to Mandor was to go down to the baths, which we got to talk about that big scary beast that was in there. We're we're definitely doing that. We're getting to there. Yeah. Yeah. But but I think he's also questioning the creed itself. I think he's questioning how necessary the actual creed is. Right. Like she takes off her helmet and moves it like it's a plastic sword, like it's nothing. And then he's yeah. like, he saw how physically exhausted he was fighting the three. I can't remember the name, their name. But like it, it's just it, there's something going on, and I think yeah. that has something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very, very curious where that's going because she also gives it back. So as he's suiting up at the end. He puts, as he's putting his blaster back in the holster, he grabs the blade and clicks it back to his belt. So she took it, used it like it was hers, and then gave it back, even though she was saving his life. So there's a, there's a whole level of honor happening there, which I'm digging. Yeah. Um, but that brings us to the next major, and I'm, I'm loving her playing tour guide, by the way, reading from the oh. cloud, like the, the whole yeah. thing. The level of smartass that woman just carries with her. It's so nice. It's cocky. That's the word. That's the word I was looking for. She's cocky. And she has been that way since day one as Starbuck. I love it. I don't know. See, I don't, I don't, doesn't read to me as cocky. No? No. To me, it reads as ownership and confidence. Okay. Because I think to me, cocky comes across as kind of, um, it's it to me, cocky has more of a negative connotation to it. And I think interesting. Okay. For me, it's it's more of the confidence of like she knows who she is, she knows what she wants, she feels like she's, you know, not getting what she deserves. Right. And there's like a chip on her shoulder about it. But I wouldn't go as far to say cocky. Interesting. Okay. So the, the cocky, uh, okay. Um, see, I, I play with cocky with people in photo shoots because cocky yeah. is a yeah, I got this. And yeah. it's not necessarily a bad thing, but cocky with gravitas. Okay. Um, but I like it. it's 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 authoritative. Yeah, yeah. She, she moves with authority. That was what I was she looking does. for. She moves with authority with the armor on. So there we go. By the way, guys, uh, my people with a thesaurus, look up some fun words. If you got a better word for what I'm trying to describe, throw, throw it in the comments. I want to know. I'm just curious. Maybe I can learn some new words there. I like new words. Bring it on. Yeah, new words are fun. Yeah. Okay. okay, so but then they they uh because uh Dinjarn keeps going, yeah, because he, he wasn't just there to do to, to explore, he was there to actually bathe in the waters, the living waters in the mines beneath Mandalore. Yeah, so he goes down and finds it and finds a critter. Critter is a, a soft word. <laughs> critter is a very soft word. <laughs> thing looked freaking terrifying it, but why did you just pulled him down and left like i'm a little confused as to actually what happened i was a little confused about that as well because he it grabbed him in like three feet of water and i was really curious if he was like it do you, do you bathe in the waters in your full armor or do you bathe in the waters like do you have to strip down and actually bathe like it was just ew yeah um, cause then you're gonna be walking around in soggy armor all day long. I'm just saying. Right. I mean, let's, she let's just see. went in head first and just she like just everything. She Don't went in head first. And apparently because they, they mentioned it earlier in the episode, I'm loving the way that they did, by the way, things early in the episode that came into call later on. Yep. 
So pressurization of the helmets. Yeah, Grogu's jump early on, he used that again later. Um, Din Djarin struggling with, with the Darksaber. She brought it out and didn't struggle with it. Uh, he pressurizes his helmet. Now we know why she breathes underwater. Like there's an entire level of, okay, so this entire episode yep. was some really nice homework done. It was really well done. Yeah. Um, Again, Dave, Filo- Dave Filoni and... Um, and golf clap. Catherine. Yeah, um, I mean, they've just done a really good job. John Favreau and Dave Filoni. John Favreau, thank you. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they've really thought about it. And I think they've... You know, tangent here. Like, I think this show particularly during the pandemic was a new refuge for people who wanted something Mm. to watch that wasn't reruns of the same 12 shows that they'd seen time and time again. So I think they've done a really good job of keeping a, that in mind and then B continuing to like shepherd people into the fandom as it were, even though Mm -hmm. they may not know all the ins and outs. Cause like you ask somebody who's a diehard star Wars fan, they could have told you, Oh, well they can pressurize their helmets. Duh. And it's like, okay, great. Sure. Okay. But they, they, they've gone out of their way. Yeah. Which, you know, that's a whole nother. Yeah. He, again, identity, he's struggling, I think with who he is and where he fits and what that means. Well, and by the way, that soup that she gives him any true Mandalorian was raised on this. I'm curious. I'm curious. So, okay. But the, the beastie underwater, like there's so much that was in this episode. That's amazing. There's a lot that's going to come back to play later on. So the beastie that's in the water, do you know what it was? What she was reading off the plaque. I'm assuming. The mythosaur. The mythosaur. There we go. The mythosaur, the, the skull logo that is the banner is the flag. Oh, okay. That was a mythosaur. Mythosaurs are supposed to be gone. So saying that the reason why they chose the Mythosaur is because in the same way, like in Avatar, um, he tamed Taruk. Yeah. Um, and he was he was the writer of Taruk, therefore everybody follows him. Um, uh, was it Mandalore? Um, I'm trying to, I'm, I don't have notes in front of me. It was Mandalore tamed the Mythosaur back in antiquity. And that is why that, that skull is the their flag and their emblem. And that is That's why- wild. That is that is wild. So here's my question: Which of them is going to tame the Mythosaur? Because that is going to give them the throne. He currently has the dark saber. Yes, but he doesn't necessarily want it. He doesn't necessarily want it, and he At wants right to give, he wants to give it back. Yeah, she wants the dark saber and she wants the throne. Which one of them is going to wind up taming the mythosaur? Because he stumbled into having the dark saber. Is he going to stumble into? That's my. I want to know the predictions for the future. What do you got for that one? Ooh, I don't know. Or is Grogu going to tame the mythosaur? That would be a nice, fun plot twist. You know, use the use the force. I mean, yeah, he can. Yeah, you can use the force to like speak. Th- two other species in a way. So like yeah. I could see it. All right. So, so it. what do you, which one do you like better? Which one? Cause one of them's one of them's going to be taming the mythosaur. There's just no question in my brain. I, I really like Bogotan. I really like her. I would really like to see her have a stronger role going forward. Yeah. So um, I would, I, to me, that sounds really fun. Like I think that would kind of sort of bring it full circle from clone wars in a way. So yeah. I, that would be my, if I could pick anything, that's what I would pick, I think. She's, I like that. Yeah, she's gone from the headstrong, um, war-minded 
a leader who wanted the power to mm-hmm. now somebody she has been through war. She doesn't necessarily want it, but she's willing to do it. Yeah. Um, so she's she's learned um, and she's good at war. But um, I would. OK, so here's here's the so if if um, Din Djarin tames the Mythosaur and he's got the Darksaber, there's no question that all the Mandalorians are going to rally behind him. So, yeah, true. Maybe, is that part of her journey where she went from desiring power Ooh, and has to watch somebody else and be okay with it. And not only has to watch somebody else and has to be okay with it, but it has to admit that this isn't for me. This isn't my path. Ooh. So I like both for her. I do. Yeah. I, I don't want to see it necessarily handed off to Mando because he stumbled into it because we've seen that story we've so many times. We've already done that. Yeah, season two, Cop, check. Yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, she, yeah. by the way, so if you guys haven't seen my film review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, they still haven't figured out what to do with the Wasp because she's more intelligent, she's better educated, she's more motivated, she's more focused, she's a better fighter, and... She still plays second fiddle to Scott Lang, even though we love Scott Lang. He's amazing. Why is she playing second fiddle? So I'm, I'm holding my tongue. This is me I, holding my tongue. You don't have to. It's okay. <laughs> this is what we're here for. <laughs> Bring it on. What do you got? I I have. I know we're still talking with Mandalorian, but I still have a whole host of Bechdel test related type qualms with how yes. some of the females have been portrayed. Uh, you know, like we've made these steps and then it's like, okay, sit back down there, there. And it, it bothers me. It bothers it's, me. It's, and the wasp is one of minimum. them. We've articulated that very, very well. It's, there were, yeah, there were multiple named characters that spoke to each other and that was about where that ended. But the agency was still on the part of the men. And there's a point where cool, why? Explain. Yeah. You're now to the point where you have to explain to me why this person is doing the things, whereas this person is better prepared for it. Yeah. So, okay. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And for those of you who listening slash watching, um, the Bechdel test is, it's, it's a, it, it's not an actual like test you write on paper or anything. It's a thing that is used to test the agency of female characters. And there's a couple of rules and it has to hit at least two, ultimately the goal is to hit three. So you have to have more than one female character with names that speak to each other other than about a man. Yep. Those are the rules. And, and, and that could literally be only- one woman walking up and going, I like your shoes. Unfortunately, that passes the Bechtel test. Unfortunately, it does. Which is garbage that that's our bar. But and y'all would be, be shocked. As, as low as that bar is, most movies don't pass it, including most most Marvel movies. As much as I like Marvel, most Marvel movies don't pass it. Correct. And it's absolutely, it, it it's gut wrenching to me because as such a fan of the Marvel universe and, you know, star Wars, I mean, there's, it's gut wrenching because, you know, we talk about diversity and equality and giving women, female characters agency. There's just so much of it that tends to fall flat. And anyways, all that to be said, I appreciate that, you know, people like John Favreau and Dallas Bryce Howard and Dave Filoni and, you know, all of the directing team behind The Mandalorian, it seems like they're trying to make more strides in that department, which I truly mm-hmm. appreciate. Um, and having females in the, you know, at the head of the room, directing, producing has a lot yeah. to do with that. 
So I I do appreciate the strides that are being attempted to be made, but I think at the end of the day, we can do better. There's still a long way to go. There really is. Long way to go. Yeah. 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 Um, So I, yeah, I don't know which journey from going back to Bo-Katan, I don't know which journey for her. I like better. Is because uh, it, it depends. Yeah, I don't know. I both are impactful. Both are impactful. I, I think both would be a good story, and I guess it depends on on whether they're going to have Din Djarin and Grogu diverge. Mm. If they're going to have them diverge, then her taming the beast and winning the crown makes sense. Is, is perfect. If yeah. they're going to stay in the same line where their stories continue, then I can understand them going with her actually having to back off. She spent her entire life trying to get the crown. And, and now for she's the first time having to back off and go, it was never mine. Oof. I like yeah. I got a, I got a weird mix in there. So okay. Yeah. Both would be great opportunities for storytelling in the universe, but yeah, they're definitely different. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm excited. So we'll see. I mean, we've heard of, I've heard from some people who had seen screeners because of the press junket and whatnot. Okay. So they've seen, I think through episode four, maybe, I don't know. Um, but apparently it gets good. I think Rick had said that too. He knew some people yeah. that were like it story goes up, which is exciting. And the story's already going up. Oh. Like they, they oh. did the first episode doing what they do, which is establishing the fact that there's been several years past, they've been establishing, re, reintroducing cast of characters, reintroducing status, reintroducing a lot of different things. Yeah. Uh, this episode, they're already deep into story, and I am here for it. Yeah. It's amazing the the exposition that was laid in seasons one and two to where now, like, it's no longer, we've got to explain all of these thousands upon thousands of years of history and yeah. context. Now we can just jump right in. Yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of that, because some of the exposition was laid out in, in Boba Fett, mm-hmm. um, I like that our mechanic was talking about, oh, are you here to, to, to take down Boba Fett? Are the yeah. There's an entire, oh. Like, no. <laughs> he was no. like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that was funny. That I, I'm curious what, what's behind that. That's amazing. Is there going to be a second yeah. season of Boba Fett? Do we know? I, I think have it, not heard. It has not been greenlit that I've seen. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, um, I was curious about that too. Because I uh-huh. love um, Finnick. I think she's just fabulous and I want more of her, but I don't know if we're going to get it. I, I, I like her Her going from like top assassin to henchman. Yeah, I don't I like the henchman temporary. part, but I, I like her calling the shots. I like her calling the shots. I see that being temporary there. I see that as soon as he gets to a place of I'm good, I see her wandering She's off. She's like, oh, totally. She's going to yeah. walk off into the sunset again. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, that's all I got for, for Mando. What else you got for Mando? Anything else you want to throw in there? Um, I'm just excited to see where they take this. Um, no. I wouldn't be upset if the other... Uh, so, like, if you remember back in season two, Bo-Katan had a couple of, like posse members i'm gonna call them mm-hmm. uh wouldn't be upset if they come back because i thought they were fun to watch in terms of action sequences on screen because they were yeah. i believe if i'm not mistaken they were both wwe fighters um which is always really fun and like those mm-hmm. people know how to put on a show when it comes to like any sort of action so that yeah. i really enjoyed having them um on screen and i heard that they blatantly like in the press junk and people would be like oh so like do we get to see you in any more episodes and they're like no 
And then they were in like four more episodes and like just blatantly were like able to hold the, you know, I Which is what they're all being told to do, which is just straight up lie. Yeah, exactly. But like, do you want, really though, at the end of the day, do you want them to lie to you or like, do you want to have it spoiled? Like, come on now. Like, you know, they're doing their job as far as I'm concerned. Because if they lie to you, the story, what? I like things to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want it spoiled. Exactly. So like, I don't know. It's such, I can't imagine like being asked. And one of these days I will be asked because I'll be in something that'll be asked. Anyways, um, (laughs) it's, it's one of those things where I think as an actor or someone who's a part of a project, like you want to talk about it so bad, but like, you don't want to ruin the excitement that comes with seeing something on screen. Like I will never forget seeing Endgame in theaters Mm -hmm. and hearing um, Anthony Mackie go on your left. And it was like, (sighs) yeah. when everything feels, feels done and gone and like, all right, we're we're about to do the last stand. And then you hear on your left cap. I was like, I chills. I have chills thinking about it. Like, I just, seriously, right there. Yes. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, you don't want it spoiled. Like, had that moment been spoiled, I'd have been so upset. Like, Spider-Man, for me, that was spoiled. Like, yeah. meh. Like, it was good. I enjoyed it. But, like, yeah. I knew it was coming because it was, you knew it was so well, spoiled. And I only, I've, I've gotten really good about not watching all the, because I used to watch all the trailers that came out for some mm-hmm. of these movies that I wanted to see. I've gotten really good about no no no. I already know I'm gonna watch. So when a when like a trailer comes out, I'll watch the trailer and go, cool, and that's it. Yeah. Um a unfortunately, teaser. like the trailer that I saw for Ant-Man and the Wasp gave yeah. everything away. All of the interesting moments, um, them flying on the back of a manta ray, that like just all of these things, it, it's it's all in the trailer. Yeah. So and, I'm watching the movie going, uh, this would have been a cool moment if you guys hadn't already shown it to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. There's been a um, lot of that. Have you seen the menu? No, I, again, score me. You're, you're not. Okay. So no. here's, here's, here's what I'm understanding. I, menu is one of the, the ones that's next on my list to watch. Okay. Um, the menu from what I'm understanding, because I didn't watch it because the whole thing looks like it's going to be a, they go in for the menu and lo and behold, um, the final course is you, ha ha ha, uh, yeah. is the way the trailers look. And they are so solid in exactly that trope and exactly that, that stereotype that I was like, I don't need to watch it. That does sounds horrible. I don't want to watch that. Everything I've heard from everybody says that's literally exactly the wrong direction to go. So for once they showed trailers that were misdirecting, but I think they went the wrong way because the reason I didn't watch it is because the trailer was leading me to believe a thing. Interesting. Uh, so there's a weird line in there, like have a trailer that shows me enough that I'm that like I'm interested, I'm thirsty. Yeah. But don't feed me too much and don't feed me the wrong thing. Yeah. Like yeah. if we're sitting down for a steak dinner, don't hand me a cup of yogurt first. Like yeah. I'm gonna get the wrong idea as to what we're doing. Yeah. But also don't feed me half the freaking steak in the trailer. Yeah, there's definitely a balance. That's a really weird like analogy. That's the best I got right now. It worked, though. <laughs> it did, it, it, did, did work. it? It did work. You well, know what trailer copy, I felt so. recently did really well was um, Top Gun Maverick. I feel like that trailer was the perfect amount of what you needed to know going into that movie. Yes. Yes. Didn't give anything away. Yep. Perfect amount. Perfect. Like, just do that. <laughs> and yeah, the entire like second half of the movie, I'm like, I have no idea where this movie is going. This is really And that's the best. Yeah. That is the I best. Like that. I'm on board with it. Okay, so that's enough for Mando. Yeah. Yeah. 
And what do you got next? You're you're in charge here. What do you get to next? All right, we're going to go into the top five pop culture things of the week. Love, All right, so this actually kind of tangents into what we were just talking about. So um, speaking of things, either misdirecting, not living up to hype, et cetera. So there is a new show that is now out on Amazon Prime called Daisy Jones and the Six. Have you heard of this? I've not. Okay, so it's based on a book by the author Taylor Jenkins Reid. And the show, I read the book, um, and I, you know, going into this book, it was like one of the Goodreads, I think 2019 book of the year, like there's all this hype around it, people love it. I didn't get the hype, and I was really disappointed Mm. when I read the book. And so when they announced that this show was coming out, I was like, eh, okay, like I didn't, like the book was fine, But like, it just didn't live up to all this hype and expectation that everyone I know in the book world was like chatting about my coworkers, you know, friends, blah, blah, blah. So um, the new show came out. It's produced by Reese Witherspoon and her company, Hello Sunshine. Um, So Reese Witherspoon, if you guys don't know, Hello Sunshine is her company. She founded a few years ago. Um, She sold it for millions upon millions of dollars because the woman is a business genius Anyways, she's taken books written predominantly by female authors and turned them into very successful movies, TV shows. So I think where the crawdads sing, uh, last thing I've told you is coming out. Um, I didn't see where the crawdads sing. That was good. Yes. So that was, that was her production company. Again, one of the many things that she's worked on. So Daisy Jones and the Six came out on Amazon Prime. The first few episodes came out on Friday. I think it was the first three and then the next couple come out this week. Um, the, the book is in slash series is about a band in the seventies, a rock and roll band in the seventies. And it kind of goes through their time. It's a look back in a way, um, to their careers, how they hit number one on the charts, et cetera. So only naturally the cast recorded an album under Daisy Jones and the six, the name of the band. It is now the first fictional rock band to have hit number one on the billboard charts in Apple music which is kind of crazy. So you can listen to the music that is in the series that is inspired by the book. And it is number one, which is kind of wild. Um, It's got a huge cast. It's Kylie Q as Daisy Jones, Sam Claflin as Billy Dune, Suki Waterhouse as Karen Seacrow, Camilla Marone as Camilla Dunn, Will Harrison. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people in it. If you just go look it up, like you'll see a bunch of names that you recognize. Um, But I have been pleasantly surprised by the show. I did watch the first three episodes. I would say it's hitting home for me as a show more than it did a book because of the way it's being shot and the stories being told. So if you're interested and you like things about the seventies, check it out. It's fun. Cool. Love it. Yeah. Um, Moving on. Number two. So our friend, Bob Iger, um, he is back as CEO of Disney. I know we've mentioned this a couple of times. And there have been a wave of um, delays in projects being pushed, projects that are now shelved, et cetera. And a lot of that is stemming from Bob Iger. So um, I am one of the people that I've always been a big Bob Iger fan. I've read his book, um, did his masterclass back in whenever that was, when that was whole thing. A friend, Some friends and I split it. And anyways, um, So I find it really interesting that the quote that it's in Variety, he said, there's nothing in any way inherently off in terms of the Marvel brand. I think we just have to look at what the characters and stories were mining. And if you look into the trajectory of Marvel over the next five years, you'll see a lot of newness. We're going to turn back the Avengers franchise, but a whole different set of Avengers. 
with a whole other mm-hmm. set of Avengers. So um, for those of you who did not hear, the Marvels was pushed from a July release to a November release. We were supposed to get four or five Disney Plus shows for Marvel. We are now only maybe getting two. Um, there were other projects within Star Wars that were pushed. For example, uh, we had Patty Jenkins, who was doing Rogue Squadron. That has now been shelved. Kevin Feige was um, on an untitled Star Wars project. That has been shelved. So there's been a lot of shifting in the quantity of Marvel and Star Wars big brand projects from Disney. Yeah. What do you think? I was about to ask you the same thing. I love, uh, I, I love, okay, this was, a, this was a lifesaver. You were talking about that Mandalorian was a thing that helped a lot of us, especially during the pandemic. We had a new world to step into. There was almost a steady drip coming from Disney for Star Wars and Marvel, um, TV shows, episodes, that kind of thing. There was almost a steady drip through a chunk of the pandemic that every week there's a new episode of something. One show ends. We got a few weeks before the next one. There's something to look forward to. And it was a steady drip that was weirdly helpful during all the weird stress of pandemic. So I I really got to enjoy that. They can only keep that up for so long and keep everybody because there is a point of oversaturation. Yep. Um, and there's a point where I think I started getting a little oversaturated. So as much as I love both of those, that's not a horrible thing to back off because what I'm going to want to do is is at some point in time go looking around and go, where? Gimme. Because when it does finally pop up, it's not a matter of that I will have moved on. <laughs> I will just be ready for it. Um, yeah. but, w- but with the shows that are going away, you said Rogue Squadron is getting shelved. Is that shelved done shelved or is that shelved on hold shelved? So from what I read, from what I think it was Variety. Yeah, it was Variety. Um, they are done. Oh, no. No longer in development, no longer being considered as active projects, which is really sad because I was at D23 when they announced Patty Jenkinson's uh, Rogue One Squadron project. Um, and yeah. I was really looking forward to that. And then, you know, everything Kevin Feige touches turns to gold. So of course I was, you know, everybody was looking forward to that. The good news is yeah. Taika Waititi, he is, he has a project with Star Wars in development or with Lucasfilm and that is still apparently on track. He is also going to be in okay. it as well as directing slash producing. So not everything is going away, but I think it does speak to the fact that we're looking towards a culture of quantity versus or quality excuse me versus quantity because i feel like last few years to your point there's been a lot of quantity and i think some of the quality has suffered um we've all heard you know the reports of the vfx houses that have been subcontracted mm-hmm. because everything's been overloaded i mean some of that that's like really that's point. not yeah. it's not sustainable i mean it so anyways i digress um well, that was don't, technically... don't, don't worry about that. What, what, what are your feelings on it? How are you feeling about everything being cut off? You asked me. Well, I, I'm glad that we're looking forward to more, better quality. Um, yeah. One of my biggest qualms with Ant-Man and the Wasp is it was all CGI. Yeah. And it was cool for like five minutes. And then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm not saying wow as much anymore when you show me a Vista that is all CGI. It, uh, exactly. It's neat, but we've seen we've seen it. Exactly. That's that's okay. my feelings on it. And so the fact that it's and, and you know, there are some people that I know who are like, oh my God, it looks terrible, like blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Like, I'm excited for the new Little Mermaid. <laughs> the CGI looks terrible. Like 
<sighs> it's just like one of those things where I was like, I was looking yeah. forward to it. And then like, I've seen the trailers and like, I've seen, I'm like, guys. Yeah. Well, so, so that's the CGI in the trailer. Here's hoping that they yeah. kick it up a notch during the movie. We hope. Here's Doesn't hoping. always happen. Anyways, yeah. so that being said, okay, so with the quantity going down, hopefully quality will go up. Oh. And uh, that's okay. Great. So moving Perfect. on. Um, so this, this is actually in the same vein, quasi. So we know that there is a new um, Daredevil show coming out. Yes. So born again, and if they don't feature She-Hulk in it, I'm going to cry. But it has been announced that the original <laughs> Karen Page and Foggy Nelson actors, which is Deborah Ann Wool and mm -hmm. Eldon Henson, are not returning. So from the Netflix series, really those two characters are not coming. We don't know. Doesn't say. So this came from ING, who broke this via THR, so the Hollywood Reporter. And okay. there's no word on if they're being recast. There's no word if the characters are going to be like not even in the series. We we don't know. Um, so yeah. that I thought that was really interesting, given that they were you know really strong characters and did a great job with those roles. And the entire Daredevil's world, for the most part, seems to be coming back with the original cast. So very interesting that they're not. Maybe it's they're not available. I don't know, but thought that was very interesting. That's very interesting. I am curious if they're bringing uh, anybody else in, like Stick or um, Electra um, from the series. I'd be curious to know if, if it's just Jennifer those two Gardner's characters. Gonna come back. I'm sorry? Oh, I'd said I doubt Jennifer Gardner's coming back, but. No, no, no. Uh, so there was a Electra in the series. No, yes. Jennifer Gardner's not coming back. Yeah. Yeah, no. She's too expensive, uh, rightfully so. Yeah, that's interesting. I'd be curious to see what they do with it if they're if they're going to do something. That's too bad. I like those two actors. It's fun. Yeah, okay. I know. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. And we're back. Okay. So next, moving on is we're going to talk about some authors' books being turned into TV shows and movies because that has been a routine thing that we've been seeing in the world, tying back into our first topic of the day, which was Daisy Jones and the Six. So Taylor Jenkins Reid is one of the authors who has been blowing up, um, and she has a lot of projects in development. Um, for example, Malibu Rising was one of her books that's in development. Seven Heaven Husbands of Evelyn Flynn. Um, we've got obviously Daisy Jones and the Six. One. True Love is coming out. That has got actually a really stacked cast. Um, it comes out to movie PG-13. I don't see a release date quite yet. Um, but casting on that, just for anybody, it's uh, Philippa Sue, Seema Limu, Luke Bracey, and others. So it's got a pretty good cast. Um, that is coming out. And then Sarah J. Moss is another author who has a project in the works. So Sarah J. Moss her flagship, what people know her from is her series called A Court of Thorns and Roses. It's, it starts as a loose retelling of Beauty and the Beast. It does not stay that mm -hmm. way. It, it goes into its own thing very quickly, but um, it's a great story, typically YA, but really more adult, lots of spice, lots of smut. Now here's where this okay. gets interesting. Keep going, keep going, I'm listening. Okay, so there's where this gets, gets interesting. So it was picked up by Ron Moore. Ron Moore is the showrunner and creator behind Outlander. That was a book to TV show. And then For All Mankind, Apple TV+. Plus. Now, A Court of Thorns and Roses is going to be on Hulu based on how it's been picked up and billed right now. And if we know anything about Hulu, it's a Disney property. 
Granted, Hulu is Disney's outlet for more adult content, but not HBO adult content, not Outlander adult content. So there's been a lot of rumors flurrying around in the rumor mill that there is someone in the writer's room who is not compromising. They've been incredibly difficult to work with, et cetera. Rumors are saying that that is Sarah J. Moss herself. Boom! Did you read it? <laughs> no, I'm not reading it. I have uh, the woman that I'm seeing. Uh, I've left a book at her place. She left the book at my place. And that's what's in my bookshelf. <laughs> I love it. You got to read it. I didn't know what it was. Thank you. Yeah. Taylor's reading it right now because of all this is I've been talking about it with, you know, him and friends. And he's like, all right, I guess I have to read this. Like, I need to understand. What so this do I need to borrow this and read this? Yes, you do need to read it. You absolutely need to read it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Has she read the whole series? I don't know. I'll, I'll have to ask more questions on it. Yeah, ask questions, report back. I'm curious. I, I love being able to talk about to people, clearly. Okay, so um, Disney's it owns Hulu, and Hulu is not an HBO. It's not a Stars. It's not a Showtime. So the amount of smut and spicy things will not necessarily be on screen. So that is has a, such a heavy through line through this series, and the fact that we know yeah. that Sarah is not compromising in the writer's room, there's been a lot of interesting controversy. Um, I'm curious to see, A, if it even happens. We know... 80% of TV and movies die in development. It is what it is. Sometimes it doesn't mm -hmm. work. Um, or if it if Ron Moore ends up shopping it somewhere else uh, to another network or studio. So we'll see. I'm very curious to see what happens there, um, especially as we start to see more projects from, you know, Book Talk, which has become this huge thing, go into development. Yeah. So like from Blood and Ash from... Uh, uh, Lauren Amaral, she, her series has now been picked up. I think I just butchered a pronunciation of her name. I'm really sorry. Um, that has been now picked up by Amazon Prime. So we're seeing more of this. So I'm curious how much of this actually happens. But I don't know. And then the last one I have, this is kind of a bonus. Mark your calendar, y'all. Oscars are this Sunday, March 12th. Um, it'll be really fun. There is a fun clip of Jimmy Kimmel um, floating around. He is hosting. So if you saw Top Gun Maverick, there's it's a clip that you think is Top Gun Maverick, but it's Jimmy oh. Kim. It's pretty funny. Um, okay. I'll send it to you. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty fun. So yeah, so this Sunday, uh, mark your calendars for if you like the red carpet and Oscars and all the things. Bueno. Um, okay, well, I got two things. One, I saw a bunch of trailers popping up this week, and one of the trailers on the geek side of things uh, is going to be on Apple Plus. It's called Silo. And Silo Ooh. has Rebecca Ferguson in it, and it is... Um, set in the future, dystopian future. Um, it is this gigantic silo that apparently people have been living in for a very long time. They've got livestock, they've got crops. It honestly looks like the set from the, uh, basically NASA in, um, uh, the, the black hole movie, the, the Matthew McConaughey. What is the movie? Anyways. Um, so oh, uh, oh my gosh. Wasn't that Rebecca Ferguson too? No, that was Jessica anyway, Chastain. So, Jessica Chastain. Oh my God. I'm Interstellar. So sorry. Interstellar. Um, Interstellar. Interstellar. That's what it was. Okay. So it looks like the set of NASA, the underground building from Interstellar. Um, it also looks similar, uh, anyways, but, uh, so the whole thing is, is apparently like human civilization is living in this silo and, uh, they are from time to time sending people up to the surface and the, it's going to be episodic, I believe. And, um, Ooh. one of the cliffhangers that they throw in there is that everything you think, you know, is a lie. 
which makes me believe that it's an experiment, which we've seen that before. And I love that whole trope of people living underground thinking that they are the last. And then somebody goes to the surface and you come to find out, no, 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 things are good. You're, we've just been watching you. It's the Truman Show. You know, yeah, I'm loving that entire concept. So I just I, I want to see that. Um, yeah. And the other piece is, is I don't know how accurate it is. I asked you to, to remind me about Avatar The Last Airbender. Avatar The Last Airbender, um, yeah. Netflix is putting together a live action um, Avatar The Last I've Airbender series. I've heard about this. And I saw some footage that is being labeled as some um, some behind the scenes fight practice photo uh, like uh, choreography for Toph. <gasps> now, if you don't remember, Toph was the little bitty, uh, just absolutely punchy blind earthbender. Yeah. Um, that just beats the crap out of guys two to three times her size and does it with an oh, absolute yeah. smirk on her face. It's the swagger. Swagger. That was the word swagger. I was looking for. That's the word we needed earlier. Oh, my Lord. Uh, I love the word. Uh, so, no, she does it with an entire swagger. And this little clip, I can send it to you, is fantastic. If that is what we're looking forward to with a Netflix series, live action Avatar The Last Airbender, I love that. That looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's what I, I So, my friend... My friend adopted a little cat and she named her yeah. So yes, it's it's a, it fits the cat very well. She's it, it fits well. That actually thing. That is a good cat name. That actually does work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you know, speaking of trailers, we were watching Shrinking last night. Uh, we we're catching up oh. on it, and we saw a trailer for Tegan Egerton. Egerton, I can't uh, pronunciation. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, in Tetris. That is a new show coming out from Apple TV Plus. It's about where Tetris came from. Um, oh, all of that, okay. which will be really interesting to yeah. see that. That actually, I, I didn't know, see that one. That one actually does look interesting. I have a tangent. I have a soapbox. Okay, I like so, tangent and soapboxes. We are at uh, almost an hour. What do you got? So I'm a little annoyed that Apple TV can keep things like shrinking Tetris. All of these, like, sh like you don't even see them until, like, you're watching something and then it's a trailer before. You've never heard of this. It's not in the trades. Nobody spoiled it. But yet, like, all the big stuff people don't actually want spoiled gets spoiled. Like, what like, the heck? <laughs> That's it. That's yeah, all I have. <laughs> Apple has been coming out with some quality content. Like, just about every one of the shows that I've seen has been really well produced and well written. So, yeah, they're really hitting it out of the park. And Ted Lasso comes back this weekend. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be amazing. That show, uh, I'm actually in the rewatch of it right now because I got to get, oh. get sectioned up. Yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I, well I'm, I'm tapped out. I have nothing else to talk about for another week. Do you have I anything you want to plug before we call it? Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, hi guys. My name is Brian. I'm on Instagram. Uh, I've got Bri DeLorean on my thing today because like you do, um, we got to get you doing goofy names every week. I know. But, uh, I so my name is Brian. I'm on Instagram. I'm your friendly neighborhood photographer. I am at Chatlin Photo. Um, would love it if you would click like, subscribe, follow us, whatever you got to do, drop some things in the comments, uh, disagree with us nicely. Uh, agree with us. Tell us what tell us we, you know, we know some things that feels good too. Uh, just, uh, join us in, in conversation. Love it.
That's all I got. Yeah. And I'm Courtney, uh, Courtney Cheek. I really don't do much social media. I do Instagram. That's where you can usually find me. Um, but yeah, we love to, you know, hear from you guys, hear your thoughts, your opinions, but catch us next week. We'll talk about the new Mandalorian episode, probably the Oscars among other things. Um, and if you have any topics, let us know what you want to hear. Love it. All right. Thanks guys. We're going to head out. All right things pop culture and you may catch a special guest or two be sure to follow us on social media twitter facebook and instagram and subscribe wherever you get great podcasts i'm courtney cheek and on behalf of myself rick shoe and brian chatlin we are the friends from work we thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time freak base take us out that wraps up another episode of the friends from work let's chat podcast tune in each week as we discuss all things pop culture and you may catch